That's how normal people say hello, isn't it? Uh, everybody, welcome to Radio Radar episode 56. My name is Anthony John Agnello, senior social editor and your host. This week on the show, we do a deep dive into Titanfall 2, which is way better than any of us thought it was going to be, and not for the reasons you might think. It's actually the campaign that kicks ass, not the multiplayer. After that, we uh, take a little look into the future of 2016. You know, everybody is acting like the year is over, but there are a lot of good games still on the horizon, and we break down for you which ones we think are the most exciting. And finally, we take a look back at the rest of 2016 to take a look at the games that you may have forgotten are out there. We have some strong recommendations if you're looking for something to bolster up your fall gaming. Listen on. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens! Mom's cooking chicken and collard greens! Rice and stuffing, macaroni and cheese, and Santa put gifts under Christmas trees! I am sorry that it's happening so early, I everybody. Know. Yeah. It's no it's November 4th, and I like I went to a grocery store yesterday. Christmas decorations, you have to run a gauntlet yep. of Christmas decorations to get through. And I was like, you know, you scum. No Christmas until the week. Like you can do the day after Thanksgiving. Yes, that is need. that is. Look, Santa Claus comes to town in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yes, that is the official start of the Christmas season. Right Period. There. Right the there. end. I will hear. Yeah. Not like okay for any for any listeners who are not in the U.S. and uh, who don't know this. It is tradition. The very last float in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is Santa Claus on his sleigh. Yes. And that, yeah. I, that's it. <laughs> and, and you know who precedes him now, nowadays? Too. Jesus, no, who? It's Sonic! <laughs> Sonic <laughs> Sonic precedes Santa. What? In the Macy's Day Parade. What? That's, yeah. Stop it. Sonic. Is it, Stop Sonic. it. Is it 90s Sonic or is it Sonic Boom Sonic? Because I really not, want those bandages yeah. to get hooked <laughs> on. No, it's bandage free. It's bandage free Sonic. F- uh, fat Sonic. It's, it's Sonic. No, it's it's like it's it's Sonic X Sonic. It's got to go fast, Sonic. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Jaleel White Sonic. It's Jaleel White Sonic. That's all Sonics. Uh, el- hello, everyone. Welcome to episode fifty-six of Radio Radar. My name is Anthony John Agnello, and I am the guy yelling Run DMC lyrics into your ear. Uh, the person who's always ready to join me in a rap song from 1989 or earlier is executive <laughs> editor Susan Arndt. Christmas in Hollis is a holiday staple in my it home. Is. Much to the delight of my husband, let me tell you. <laughs> when was the last time you watched the video for that song, Susan? Last year. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, no, it's no, so... no like, this, is, this is a serious tradition for me. Like, I love uh, that. I'm a very much a traditional Christmas music kind of person. I don't, I tend not to like the novelty songs, but that mm-hmm. is just gold. That's just gold. Yeah. I, the pop Christmas song is really hard to do. Yeah. Like, I I love torturing Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. Hello, Dave. Hello. Uh, I like torturing <laughs> Dave with Tom Petty songs. You do. Wait, what? You don't like Tom Petty? I no, no. He's a communist Ooh. for some reason. God, what the hell? <laughs> you say it like it's a bad thing. No, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think as much as I love Tom Petty, as much as I think Wildflowers is one of the greatest albums ever made, it is. that the song "It's Christmas Time All Over" 
is a crime against humanity. No, like, it is. Yeah, no, that's entirely correct. Yes. Hague-worthy. Yes. Hague-worthy song. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, here's, here's where you go. You got Bob Seger's Little Drummer Boy. Mm-hmm. Classic. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, my God, what's his name who does Ave Maria? Chris, Chris Cornell. Sting? <laughs> Chris no, Cornell. Chris <laughs> Cornell. It's glorious. It is absolutely... All right. It's, uh, it's incredibly beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I like. We also have. I like. Uh, listen, go ahead. Dave. I just. I, I like listening to Neil Diamond's Christmas music because it, it sounds like he's drank like a fifth of whiskey. <laughs> yes. Before singing "Oh Christmas Tree," <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I fully admit that I I I am the guy who still spins uh, his Vince Guaraldi. Oh like God, yeah, of course, business. of course. I. I it makes me a little bummed out that Starbucks has done their best to to ruin that album. Uh, like, the, the prevalence of Charlie Brown Christmas. Well, yeah. Like, it was so, it was, it was so there from, like, 1966 until, like, 1986, and then it disappeared for a while, and now it's, you're just getting punched That's in true. the face true. with Linus and Lucy for, like, two months. You're not wrong. Uh, we also have uh, staff writer Sam Prell. Sam Pro, what's up, man? I'll tell you my favorite Christmas song. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Mm, <laughs> love that NSYNC jam. Oh I was going to say, I don't even know that one. Oh, you don't oh know the NSYNC God. Christmas song? No. Oh, that was a staple great. of my youth because my, my sister was way into that. <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. But it, it, I also it, it have, was. I have to listen Okay, so the the trade like to say that my and my husband's musical taste do not align mm. is putting it somewhat mildly. Uh, I have to listen to the Phil Spencer Christmas album. Mm. What every year? Yikes! Yikes! <laughs> Woof! Yeah. Oh, da. <laughs> At least it's That's... not all I want for Christmas is you. I, yeah. I, I, no, I yeah. love that song. I unreservedly I, uh, adore that. I know all the words. Oh my god! No, I have love you it. seen? Have you seen the Mariah singing it with all the Muppets, Susan? I don't believe I have. Oh, it's great. Well, it's everything's great. Be- everything is better with Muppets. Yeah, everything, especially everything, everything holidays related. Yeah. if Muppets are involved, is automatically improved. That is true. Ten percent. Yeah. Uh, I will actually say that Titanfall Two would be a- amazingly better. If you could have like some kind of Muppet involvement, if you could, if, like, if your Titan looked like Sweetums, yes, if your Titan looked Sweetums, like its giant furry jaw unhinges yes. and you crawl inside, and that, yes, exactly, nose. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. See that, or if like Fozzie Bear was your commander, he's oh like, okay, God. pilot, now we are going to learn how to do the jump pack. <laughs> <Like that. laughs> That would be the shit. That oh, no. is the, uh, that is the weirdest Fozzie I think I've ever heard. He had kind of like an Eastern European bent there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's that's Kazakh uh, Fozzie Bear. That's Fozzie Bear by way it's of like, Borat. He's like Lupo the fish thrower. I uh, <laughs> Ludo. What was, is he? What's his name? Uh, Lou Zealand. Lou Zealand. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Oh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, he throws. Yeah. He throws and he's boomerang yeah. fish. Yes. Yes. Um. Or what if one of the Titans was just Michael Caine as Scrooge? Like I would, oh, that would be I would do that. 
If just one of the Titans was just Michael Caine. Yeah. Okay, like, yes, that would, that would be, be okay. amazing. But I, I need a uh, Pepe the King prawn in there yeah. somehow. <laughs> I'm a Titan, okay? <laughs> I'm invading uh, your base, okay? I would take the Swedish chef myself. He's wounded, captured the chicken point. This makes it sound distinctly like we're dissatisfied with Titanfall 2 in some way, but I honestly. I think that this is the the first time in quite a few months, probably since Doom and Uncharted in May, mm-hmm. that there's been a big AAA release that the entire Games Radar staff, who everyone who's played it is like, yes, this is very good. That's true. Uh, uh, Titanfall has has united us, and uh, surprisingly, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you might have read the the reviews that are saying. Titanfall 2 is great because of its campaign. Mm-hmm. And holy crap, is that true? Yes. I, like, I, I'm uh, a few hours in, and I freaking love it. It's just so smartly made. Like, it, it very much feels... Uh, Dave Houghton and you, Dave Roberts, have, have described it as almost having a Nintendo-like feel. Yeah. But... There's there's an air of it that it reminds me of the way that people used to think about level design when 3D games on PCs were really first starting to become a viable thing. It reminds me a lot of the level design in classic shooters like Dark Forces, the Star Wars first-person shooter, where you're in these levels that, you know, it's not just a corridor, but it's not this huge wide open space. It's just very smartly designed to organically put you in positions where you have to do interesting things. Mm-hmm. Like cool platforming and shooting in a certain way. And it's... And doing really six cool. slides across the floor and then shotgunning yes. someone in the back and it's rad as hell. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. No, Dave, I... walk, us, walk us through the premise of of the story at okay. the beginning. Yeah, of the, the story's not like it's fine. It's it you have you have this rebel faction that you're a part of and there's It's a direct of, to DVD sequel to Starship Troopers. Yeah, That's basically. Like yeah, you're you're, you're this rebel faction. You you're you're the colonists that are out yep. among the stars and the IMC is this faceless corporate giant that is just going to these planets and killing the, you know, killing these colonists and taking over their land and exploiting like their resources. Like yeah. you do. It's yeah. basically um, every Gundam. Yes. It's every, yes, it's every Gundam, but all instead of bad guys who wear, like, really cool helmets and capes, they all have brohawks. Yeah. The asshole soldiers all have the Voss from Far Cry 3 brohawk. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the look when okay. you're in the EIMC. Yeah. So so yeah so you're you you guys are on sort of like it's not quite a last ditch mission at first but it's like we we have a really good opportunity to strike a huge blow so you go on this mission and shit goes sideways and you're mm-hmm. the, basically this low level infantry uh, person and the one of the last pilots in the area ends up getting killed and transfers control of the titan uh, of his titan to you. And as you play, you're you're sort of uh, building this bond with this titan who has this uh, very like 
Johnny, like not Johnny Five, but like what? What's a, what's a what's a good like AI comparison here? Like he, he's uh, the the AI comparison that like I thought of is a a cross between Optimus Prime yeah. and the teddy bear in AI. Yeah, yeah, very op- <laughs> very Optimus Prime. Uh, and and you guys like you know he's very he takes everything literally because he's an AI and you make jokes and he's like that you know the well, the you know we shit was hot and he's like sir it, it's actually very cold in here I don't know like do I need to regulate your temperature and you're like no BT no that's fine but like like it's really cheesy this it's like this buddy cop thing but it works. And the like the story is is very just kind of generic tropey you know go get the bad guys find the MacGuffin right and it's, it's just enough it's just enough to keep everything else afloat and yeah it's, it's like you said like for every cliche there's a moment where like one of the in one of the first levels after you get your Titan you find a gun on the ground that is like a new it's the first new loadout for your Titan. And you pick it up, and you, your dialogue option is like, "Oh, you're in love, aren't you, BT?" And, and BT's response will be like, "Like human love is equal parts attraction and biological emotion. I am fifty percent in love." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the kind of tone that yeah. you, you really get in the whole thing. And uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a really interesting recontextualization of the action from the original Titanfall. Yeah. Because it still feels like Titanfall, but you're you're broken out of that scenario where you're either fight... You, where it's just a non-stop fight, and you're just looking to, like, punch somebody in the face. Yeah, like, there, there are, there are mo- a lot of moments of quiet, actually, in the mm-hmm. game, where you're just... Um, instead of just non-stop fighting. There, there's plenty of fighting in the game, don't get me wrong, but there are parts where it's like, okay, well, uh, I need to get over here. How do I do that? Well, here are these walls. Let me wall run across them. And, uh, the, like, you can tell that the designers of Modern Warfare worked on this game because they ring, like, every last drop of its game mechanics out in both, like, the combat design as well as the world design. And, like, as a story, it, it it's kind of weak, but as a string of moments sort of stitched together, it's one of the most successful first-person shooters, I think, ever made. Uh, Dave, have you finished it? Yes. Yes, I have. It's well, awesome. How long, how long did it's it take you to Six hours? It? It's not long. Perfect. Um, Perfect. But it's like, yeah, it's it's all killer, no filler. Like, that's the yeah. thing. It's just, it is just, you, you go in, like, there's a level where, like, the, the IMC is building all of these prefab buildings. You don't really know why because the story doesn't delve far enough, but it doesn't matter because you're running around this level as these uh, buildings are being created and then the like they're on a conveyor belt and the conveyor belt will shift and suddenly you're on the side of the house now and it like the way that it contorts and changes its levels on a whim and then just no we're done with that now like like it it goes back to that nintendo comparison where they just they give you a little toy that you play with for like a level yeah and then Susan, you you were a huge titanfall one player i was yes uh, you you played a ton of Titanfall one. Are you like? Does this sound appealing to you? Is this like this? Is this what you want from Titanfall, or do you just want like here are your burn cards? Here is oh God, your no. arena. God, like, I hated burn cards so much. 
I re- that's a content. It's a contentious thing. Like apparently, people are pissed that they're gone. I, I, I didn't. If you are a high level player, then I imagine they they work into your strategy in a much more satisfying way. If you're a more sure. casual player, they don't. They're just they're annoying and then your stack of them filled up and you'd have to get rid of some to get new ones and it just didn't work as it, it they were supposed to kind of be like power-ups in a, in a in in Mario Kart that kind of thing and they just didn't work that way they just didn't right. yeah um so yeah i mean here's the thing so i i played Titanfall i love Titanfall and then i played the first tech test weekend of Titanfall 2's Titanfall uh <laughs> multiplayer, and hated it. Yeah. I hated it. Now, to be fair, they tweaked it several times between that first tech test and release. Mm-hmm. So the multiplayer that I played has been retuned, and it no longer exists. Fine. But I had such a bad experience. It was so unfun that I – and I at that point, I assumed – the single player campaign would just be a token because well, what was what was different what was so what was so nasty about it cuz i played i played the same stress test mm-hmm. dave and i dave and i actually streamed it for us and that was the first time i had played any titanfall in like 2 years mm-hmm. and i enjoyed it well enough but i'm really really bad at competitive <laughs> shooters well i'm, I'm <laughs> like, not i'm not great myself i'm yeah. okay i can i i'm i'm never the best and i'm never the worst i'm always like right in the middle of the pack sure. so when when playing uh oh, i forget what the mode it's called it's basically uh, domination where you hold the spawn points mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a b and c that was still basically the same and that was still fun but the other mode bounty hut yeah which I played at E3 and loved Hmm. had a great time you were dead in seconds and you never knew why yeah something killed you (laughs) you're like oh okay well I died again and the funny thing is is when I played it like that's just how every competitive shooter feels to me right it's (laughs) like oh I'm here now I'm dead oh I'm here I'm gonna run over here now I'm dead dead. yeah So, so like I yeah, but that what was they just... did in in response to that, because that was the reaction a lot of people had, was I'm you know I'm dying too quickly and I don't know why. They uh, tweaked some things like how far away you could see an enemy player, whether they mm. were outlined or not, how you know your guns range, stuff like that, stuff to present to prevent someone from like five miles away shooting you and, and taking you out. So, sure. but so I, I I just figured the single player would be just this token effort because everybody complained that the the single the, there is air quote single player in yeah, in bullshit. Titanfall. Like that yeah, there really it, mm. that campaign. Yeah, like the DLC campaign that they released later. I was like, guys, it's not. No, yeah, no, stop it. No, enough. So I thought it was just here's a single player campaign to shut everybody up. But right. now. Everybody's telling me how it's just incredible, and it's making me wonder: should maybe Titanfall just drop the multiplayer and just be a single-player game from now on? And I, I honestly think, like, so Titanfall was going to be this big deal. I mean, in at E three twenty thirteen, it was everywhere. Every building you'd walk into. EA had, like, brought a, a life-sized Titan statue. That thing is so cool. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was so, so cool. cool. And it, it was the moment where 
you know, uh, the founders of Respawn, Vince Zampella, and, you know, the, these are the the Infinity Ward founders, the Call of Duty creators, and it was right when all the nasty details about their departure from Activision came out, and, like, this, this was it. Titanfall was going to be the game to buy an Xbox One for before the Xbox One came out. Sure. This was also when everybody was so pissed about the Xbox One's price that the Kinect came with it, that it was, like, they were like, you're not gonna need discs, and you're, it's always gonna be online. But this was the thing that everybody was like, no, nah, all that doesn't matter. Titanfall's gonna be awesome. And then everybody was playing it when it came out in the spring of 2014, and by summer of 2014, nobody was playing it. Like a week right. later, dude, like a week later. Like a week later. Yeah. It was gone. Uh, and... It's not that it was bad. I mean, I, I think everybody on this podcast right now played it consistently that spring in 2014, right? And you played it for a really long time after that, Dave. Right? Yeah, it, it, it was the game, like, I, I don't... Like, I'm not terrible at competitive shooters, but oh I just god, don't... Oh my god, my dogs. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, like, I'm not terrible at competitive shooters by any means, but I'm also, like, I don't really shine to them just because it's a... A level of stress that I don't really enjoy when I play games. Sure, but Titanfall I, I was have different. An archived, I have an archived stream of Umbrella Corps to prove you wrong, <laughs> Mr. Roberts. Man, I'm, I'm not so good, good at that I'm video not video good game. At, I'm not good at competitive shooters. I'm so he good says, at that video game. toward you at 35 miles per hour. <laughs> God. Sorry. God, that game Go came on. out this year, didn't it? It sure did. Oh my God. It, yes, it did. Sure did. Uh, but like. Titanfall was the game that I, the one competitive shooter that I would just, like, I would get an itch every month or two, mm. and I would mm. load it up and play around, and then be and like... And, like, the, pop, the population was there, but it was very minimal. Yeah, it, it was, like, 3,000, like, about 3,000 people, I think, on Xbox One at a given moment, and it was, like, just enough people that... It was really easy to hop into either a campaign or, like, an attrition match. Some of the other modes sure. were way less populated, so it was a lot harder. But, I mean, if you just wanted to play basic Titanfall, there was enough people playing that you could get in pretty yeah. easily. And the community that stuck around was really nice and not, like, not asshole-ish, you know? Like, they, it was kind of refreshing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it, it was great to just hop in. And then... Like, playing Titanfall 2, I played a couple rounds of it, and I enjoy it, mm -hmm. but I think I'm bouncing harder on this one than I did yeah. the last one, just because... Okay, so the biggest the biggest difference between this one and, and the first game is that when you summon a Titan, it doesn't have a shield. It doesn't come with a shield. Whereas in the campaign, Titans have, sheet, like, recharging shields, like yeah. they do in the first multiplayer. But in this one, they don't have a shield. The way that you get a shield, you can steal batteries by rodeoing other titans. You yank the battery out, and it's like you're just carrying it. And then once you land in your titan, it adds the battery, uh, and you you basically get an overshield. Um, so it just it creates this strange impermanence to the to the titans. Where like the titans were already kind of like tissue paper in the first game, yep. right? And now you summon a titan, and it's just it's gone in minutes if you're not careful, or if you don't steal a battery or whatever. So it just it makes the titans feel even more inconsequential than they did in the first game. 
And that's such a bummer because the Titans have so much more personality and so many more different common like types of loadouts now. Like they're like Tone is has this this semi sort of lock on where the more that you shoot and hit them, this reticle appears and you hit R1 and it launches missiles that launch right at it. And it's awesome. And then, you know, you have Scorch, which is this, you know, flamethrowing Titan, and then you have uh you know, Ion, which shoots these laser blasts. It's just, like, there's a lot more to it, but yeah. it feels even more... Well, I mean, the, the grand revelation here is that Titanfall's world, its aesthetic, like, the story isn't that interesting, but the idea of these, you know, these mobile suits and this version of the sci-fi warfare with mech things is totally captivating and it's totally fun to play in that world but it's not it, 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 multiplayer is being passed by right like the lukewarm reception of titanfall 2's multiplayer and the complete abandonment of titanfall 1 which was entirely multiplayer mm -hmm. is just showing that like guess what like people people aren't interested in this people don't want to play it for this yeah and before we started recording, I was talking to you guys about how I, I feel like we're coming to a moment where the the big guys of video games, the EAs, the Activisions, the Ubisofts, etc., are finally realizing that, you know, the, the mindset of the 360 and PlayStation 3 era where if it doesn't have multiplayer, it's never going to sell and we can't do that, and that's not interesting. Remember it's... the Darkness multiplayer? Right. Spec oh, Ops The Line had multiplayer. Uh, hell, remember Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Yes, Tomb Raider. Sam. Yeah. Tomb Raider. Yeah. Like, Square Enix blew massive amounts of money making Eidos Montreal build a freaking multiplayer mode for a series that nobody ever ever wanted to play multiplayer except batman like, arkham Mar origins had multiplayer oh, remember right. that right oh yeah like, what? what how did it yeah what? yep <laughs> developed by splash damage the uh the Ugh. team behind brink oh yeah jesus and and there's another example of like we're gonna take the multiplayer world by storm with our massive community for brink and I think, <laughs> what, ten, did 10 people buy that game? Were there even enough people to populate a single fucking match of Less. Brink on launch oh day? Oh my god. And yeah, so, I like, there are a lot of people out there who are like, EA's sending Titanfall 2 to die, EA's sending Titanfall 2 to die, and I think that it's not an issue of EA sending Titanfall 2 to die, it's that EA now knows the truth that everybody else has freaking known all along. COD is out there. Battlefield 1 is out there, and EA needs people to play Battlefield 1. There is no room in the landscape for all of these different multiplayer shooters because the population just doesn't exist. Like, there aren't... You're not going to get all of these players to be like, well, why don't I play 90 different first-person shooter multiplayer Yeah, games? it's like how there there used to be, like, 100 million different MOBAs. Like, everyone right. had a MOBA. Right. WB had... Like, there was a Lord of the Rings MOBA. There was a DC uh -huh. MOBA. Oh my God, there was like... Nosgoth. Remember that one? Like, 
Yeah, and, you know, they all got shut down because if you didn't have League of Legends, like, there's League of Legends, there's Dota 2, Smite hangs on because it's, like, this weird outlier that, like, people who don't like League of Legends or Dota play because it's different. And then there's Here's the Storm, which will stick around because it's Blizzard. Like, that's it. That's it. And, like, EA already has Star Wars Battlefront. There's your big populist. That's your first-person shooter that's going to sell to the people that don't even play shooters that mm-hmm. much. They have Battlefield 1. Battlefield is always going to be Battlefield. Call of Duty is over there, and now Overwatch is over there. It's yeah. saturated, guys. Yeah. It's and, full. And the thing about Titanfall 2... by the way, also Destiny. And Destiny! Destiny, Which, yeah. like, I don't... Like, Destiny, like, I put in its own category. Like, you know? Like, Destiny exists in that weird space... Like, between, like, do you like Diablo? Do you like the Halo? Did you play a lot of World of Warcraft? Come over here, son. Let me tell you about the Wizards on the Moon. Hitler's on the march, and... Uh, <laughs> and, and the thing about Titanfall 2, too, is, it, Titanfall 2, too, is that, um... Like, the, the mechanic... Like, mechanically, it's one of the most interesting games. Like, one of the most interesting first-person shooters. I think it's more interesting than Doom, uh, just because Doom sort of lost steam within the last third. I think it was about uh, maybe a level or two too long. Um, whereas Titanfall 2, like, knows when, okay, we're done. Like, this, that's it. You you get this game, six hours, that's all you need. Um, but, the like, the world and the characters, it just, the personality of it doesn't resonate. It's It feels very generic. Well, cause, um, I mean, because it is. It's, yeah. it's you know... It's white guy McMarine and his mechanical pal. His name is Jack yeah. Cooper. I'm, yeah. <laughs> what is, I didn't even know he had a name. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it is It is basically, like, it is off-brand Gundam Wing. It is the Walgreens... Yeah. It is the Walgreens Dollar store. It's the, it's the present that your grandmother gets you when you asked for the Call of Duty, and she gives you a box that says, like... Call American duties call. soldiers. Yeah, call, yeah. Duties call. Yeah. call I got heroes. you the Wii yeah. at the at the drugstore, and it's just like a forty dollar box with a crappy motion controller and super <laughs> super Lario Brothers, like this weird sort of ROM hack. Like that's kind of what Titanfall 2's personality feels like, and that's. Yeah. But yet, I don't know. But yet, not, everybody not, but says yet. it's awesome. But it's awesome, it's and it is awesome. super good. Like, Sam, you you decided that. You were skipping Titanfall 2, despite how awesome the campaign is, for very different reasons than we've been discussing. Well, so, Titanfall 2 has been, more so than any other game in recent memory, the product that has crystallized the power of marketing in my mind. Hmm. And that is because I hated every trailer and everything that was advertised about Titanfall 2 because it was so... Like, come on, bro, get in your mu- get in your mech, and you can c- c- go shoot the guys. Look at this guy. Oh, he's got a crazy Joker smile on his robot. Doesn't that look like a cool guy to go fight? Buy Mountain Dew so that you can go Bill, 1v1. Bill Cosby was doing the Titanfall trailer? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's Cliffy B in 2003 doing Bill Cosby. Oh, that Cliffy is B who... is still like that. Jesus. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you don't want to go to Buffalo Wild Wings for your exclusive Coliseum ticket and Titan oh skin? God. And that's not even a joke! No, I don't, that's real! I don't. 
Yeah. Don't go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Well, I do, but I don't want to go there just so that I can 1v1 somebody who called my mother fat on Xbox Live. <laughs> I don't want to buy Mountain Dew and Code Red and Doritos. And I like the the only thing that came anywhere close to like a good advertisement that appealed to me was the um, the campaign trailer where it's like uh, pilots are awesome and I'm gonna be a pilot and even that was super like anime-ish uh, senpai worshipy and it was mm-hmm. like it kind of looked cheap compared to some of the other like really good cinematics and so it just I, that that by I, the way Sam just is the beginning of the game yes that's, oh. that's just the way you have to watch that when you hit start yep and yeah, the story's about as generic as that video. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I always did want to play Gurren Laga on the video game, but anyway. Uh, yeah, it just, like, nothing about any of the advertisement enticed me, and most of it put me off to the point that even hearing everybody talk about how good it feels to play mm. and how good the level design is, I don't know that I can get into it. Yeah. Just because I've had such a negative like exposure to so, it already. I had a theory about that, but that seems to be to have been blown out of the water in recent uh, you know history. But I, m- like my theory was that EA was leading into Titanfall to like bro it up and make it more Call of Duty esque because it couldn't necessarily do that with Battlefield One because of the <laughs> the well. approach to the great war but then you know you have peter more in a one things yeah so you know that theory was like and that's the thing though like battlefield 1's marketing Squad has goals. has been mostly respective like respective of that up until like peter moore has a tweet with a, where he's wearing a onesie and telling you to stuff doritos in his pockets Okay, that didn't bu- the onesie didn't bug me. I thought it was dumb because yeah. it's a fucking onesie and you're marketing it to adults. And can yeah. we please stop? And also, if you're putting Doritos in your pockets, I have two big problems with that. One, <laughs> you're getting lint all over the Doritos, and that's disgusting. That's two, that's you're just... getting powder in your pockets, and that's also disgusting. It's gross. Yeah. There's, no, there's no part of that. That is ever okay. But yeah, I, I just like just Dorito. Like if I was like in a gross out punk band, I would write a song called Doritos Pockets just to make people uncomfortable. <laughs> awful, awful. Um, well, Dear Stana, the war to... is is difficult. These are trying times. The Dorito supply is running thin. The men are at their lowest point. Yeah, I don't know. The battle like, of Doritos. The, the letter arrives and it's covered in <laughs> cheese dust. <laughs> <laughs> There's tiny like, what the shit is this? The orange is still. Well, okay, so to to do the opposite, and I I accept that I am kind of a special boy. Uh, I I need like a hook of story or some sort of presentation. Like I just mm. I do. It doesn't matter how good a game is if it doesn't have those sort of narrative hooks for me. So, yeah. like, I played the Battlefield 1 um, beta, and I thought it was fun. And I was like, yeah, I could see myself playing this, but I'm not really, like, jazzed about it. Uh, and then I watched that single-player campaign trailer for Battlefield 1 that instead of doing the, like, wah 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 
instead of doing that, it had like an orchestral score and like people with faces and personalities that I could discern <laughs> through two minutes of footage as opposed to like so many of these that are like I make this joke to my friends all the time where you know video game companies introduce new characters and they're like check out our hero he has discerning features that make him unique such as a face <laughs> eyes functional arms but he might lose one and then gain a robot arm hero mchero face Racial ambiguity. He is just sort of gray so that we cannot offend anyone and try to appeal to everyone. Yeah. Uh, Sam, I, 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 like, I like hearing you say that like Battlefield sort of got you over that, that sort of advertising hump that you couldn't get past with Titanfall 2. Like Titanfall 2 is forever locked in your head. Be, buy these crappy Dorito Pocket commercials. Like the Bronus, Buffalo Wild Wings, blah, 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 blah. It's too much. It just lives in your head and it doesn't matter how much people say this game kicks ass. Uh, I think that this leads into our next topic very, very well. Because I am the same way about another series. And it's funny because they have changed the advertising uh, between the first game and its new sequel that is coming out. Uh... We are going to talk about the, the games that are populating the rest of 2016 and and which ones we think are promising and one that I will just, I have no interest in playing. You, you couldn't, literally I would not accept money to play it as a job. <laughs> I will never play Watch Dogs 2 because <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up, Watch Dogs. <laughs> like... The first time around, Ubisoft was sitting... I that game is coming out. Yep, it's a game. Apparently, it's a game, Susan. Yeah. You can you can take a selfie right now Stop on it. the Watch Dogs website. Stop it. And they'll tell you what kind of hacksaws you are. Oh, am I, based am I on your selfie. You're elite No, no, they tell, you, they tell you what advertisers see in your face. Oh, so it's God. what hackers see on you. Oh, no. Fucking shut up, watchdogs. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> See, like you say that, and like that's kind of how I've been thinking too. Like I, 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 I texted you the a picture of that ad that I saw on my Xbox One that was like, this looks like a crappy Ebony pop up ad. Like, yes. like, like what? What is this? It's Comic Sans? Like win what? Xbox One? Yeah, it was just it was a picture of Watch Dogs Two, and it says win Xbox One in this really shitty font. Like it, it looked like <laughs> it looked like an Angel Fire website, and I was wondering oh if that God. was intentional. <laughs> wow. Um, but no, and then there's like there's a video floating around of one of the side missions where you basically there's this. It's totally Martin Shkreli. Like, it's not, but it is. And he's, like, there are rumors floating around that he's going to drop a ton of money on this exclusive uh, track from this hip-hop artist so he can own it and no one else can, right? You know, ripped right That's from the headline. Yeah. And then, so what What you do is you basically, you build a soundboard, you hack into his phone, and you use the soundboard to trick him into sending a bunch of money to... Um, a pharmaceutical uh, charity fund, and yeah, it like if the game is just basically like fuck Silicon Valley, I think I'm on board with that. So Dave is is uh, all right. Let's say that you've never heard of Final Fantasy 15. Okay, 
Because Let's say that. we all we all know. <laughs> yeah, we all know what your answer is. We know what your answer is. I mean, I well, can talk about is... this for another half hour if you want me to. No, that's Are okay. You... <laughs> Susan, do you want Dave to, to do uh, uh, 45 minutes on Final Fantasy XV? We could do that. I mean, the hair, the hair alone. Just have its own podcast. Yeah. So, I well, is is Watch Dogs two your your dark horse for the rest of 2016? Like, if we're looking at now, no. today, while we're recording this, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare is out today, and early word is that this is a, a very uh, this is an interesting entry in the Call of Duty series. People are reacting warmly to it, and like they enjoy, they seem to be enjoying the campaign here. Even more than the re-release of Modern Warfare, the original Call of Duty 4 that is packaged with it. Uh, but there are a lot of other things coming out. We've got Watch Dogs 2, we've got Dishonored 2, we've got Final Fantasy 15, we've got The Last Guardian. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, <laughs> Susan's favorite, Susan's favorite game. The Assassin's uh, Creed yeah, Ezio like collection. Of, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot coming out. So we play it, those games again. Um, what is your what is your choice here, Dave? Is it Watch Dogs too? Now that they're winning, trying to win you back I with mean, their their hot takes. I'll play it because that's what I do. I play games so I can be informed. Uh, I don't want it to be bad, uh, but that's not really the game that I'm I'm looking most forward to. I mean, other than Final Fantasy fifteen, um, I gotta see what The Last Guardian's about. Yeah, I have to. Like, you know, it's, again, it's another game, it's like Owlboy, and then Final Fantasy XV, and this game. All games that have been in development for, like, a decade, that are all coming out within the span of a month of each other. Um, I have to see how that turns out, man. Like, even if it's a tire fire, I don't care. No, that's totally, that's completely reasonable. I totally get that, and I do not fault you for that one bit. There is, there is... Susan, when you've played The Last Guardian, and you, you had a nice long half hour with it before yep. pretty much anyone else did, uh, you were like, this is a disaster to play. Like, you just pissed you off. It just made you angry, right? I, well, that's, that's <laughs> overstating it, but it wasn't fun. Right. It, was, it was awkward, and the camera hates you, yeah. and you, you want, you very, at all times you want it to work, right? Because it's right. it's this very, you know, beautiful, magical fantasy world and it looks like an oil painting and it's just, it's so gorgeous. But then actually trying to play a game <laughs> in that world is like, Mah. it just doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is the noise that the cat bird makes. It's just, it's a, it just doesn't, <laughs> it just <laughs> hey, isn't it great how your character yeah. just stumbles forward every five steps? Oh god, it's so clunky. And so, so, you know, but uh, that was God, was that one year a year and a half ago now that I did? Yeah. That? Yeah, yeah, okay. Year and a half. So it may have been tuned up since then. The camera may not hate you anymore. <laughs> it may I'm be like... a much smoother experience. Uh I don't think it will be. But it, that all very well could happen. And I do not fault anybody for just running out day one without reading a single review, without waiting to find out. Because this, The Last Guardian kind of exists in a space unto itself. It is it the does. stuff of legend at this point. So I, I totally get wanting to play it. I was never part of that hype. I, I yeah. don't, I'm not a fan of that 
of, of Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. It's not my thing. So I will say, Susan, yeah. that I I have already read that people who've played the recent demos uh, at TGS and elsewhere, they have already tuned up a lot of things okay. that are just traditional Team Eco uh, anachronisms. Like, uh, I know that before, like in the demo that you played, you had to hold on to a button yeah. to stay clinging to something. Yes. Which, I mean, like, that is... Guys, that's like, Shadow that's of the Colossus. Some, that that yeah. is Tomb Raider in nineteen ninety. See that, and shit. that's, I think, I think part of the 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 problem I was having with it was it, yeah, it looks so modern and yet feels so feels old. so archaic. Yeah. and like that's they've they've fixed that. Like okay. now, like holding onto something is a toggle, and I know that they've they've done a lot of those things. Good, but I, I mean, you Susan, you make fun of me whenever I go into this spiel. But the the it's broken because it's supposed to. Oh be. God! Don't like, just. Oh. I'm not. I'm, I'm not doing that. Right, I'm not on. doing the. It's broken. It's it's supposed to be. But like, it's almost like Team Eco and Fumito Ueda's team at Sony Japan, which you know, like this is it for them. Like he's he's gone. He's only been a freelancer finishing the game for a few years now. But like they are like the Quakers of video games. <laughs> like. They sit there and they make, or, or is it shakers? Is it shaker art? Like, who makes the chairs? Shaker. What is, yeah. yeah. The quake, it's like, they make a very specific thing. Yes. In the old ways. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, every single time Last Guardian comes up, it falls into that category of, you know, Dave, you always say, I don't need something to be perfect as long as it's interesting. I'll take a hot mess yeah. that is a fascinating hot mess rather than the best made game in the world that's super polished and super, yeah, it was like, and super like, technologically advanced but is boring as shit. Yeah, it was like Fair. Devil's Third. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that game was just like a hot mess, but it, it just turned out to be bad. No, it's just a mess. That's yeah. just, it's just disastrous. But like Last Guardian, anybody expecting it to be as legendary as you you know as it is in the the mental space of video games like you described it susan mm -hmm. anybody expecting it to live up to that in terms of technological excellence is in for a rude goddamn awakening i feel like anybody expecting it to live up to that in any way in except, any way with the, with the exception of perhaps the soundtrack but yeah it, I, it's just it'll be it, it will at best at best it will be fine Yes, and it will be yeah. beautiful. Like, oh, we yeah, it is, know, it is gorgeous, yes. We will know, we know that it will be beautiful. We know that it will be ethereal and and strange in the same yep. ways as Fubito Ueda's other games. Mm -hmm. But, like, but, also, don't, like, and nobody can go in expecting a sort of genre-redefining, you know, yeah. gameplay it'll idea, be like Shadow it'll, of the Colossus. It'll be a game from 2009 in high definition. Like, yeah, that's, that's great. That's basically what it's going to be. Super. It's the re-release of a game that never came out. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and and awesome. Sign my ass up. I am in. Uh, Susan, what's yours? What's what's the game that is that is sitting uh, in the two months left to us this year that you you think is really going to be something special? If we're if we're talking about something special, then I have to go with Final Fantasy. If yeah. we're talking something that I'm going to be into, then we're talking Dishonored 2. 
Mm. Because mm. I, I feel like Final Fantasy 15 is so big and so grand and just so weird that it's yeah. again it's it's Dave's hot mess, right? Like it, it'll either be all I want is is the boy band version of Lightning Returns. That's it. That's all I want. You're gonna get it, and I'm gonna You're get gonna it. You're gonna get it. It's gonna be big. It'll be great. That'll be fine. Noctis has a puffy vest, Susan. That's all I need. And you can wear it. All I need. While you feed a cat. While you feed a stray cat. Yes, you feed a stray cat, and then there's this white dog, and you get into a car accident because you're busy looking at the dog, and I identify with that. And yes, it's awesome. Okay. But what I, I am very excited about getting to play Dishonored 2 because Dishonored 1's gameplay was fine. It was, I mean, it was fine. The stealth was not quite stealthy enough, and it, it definitely wanted you to go towards... Uh, shooting people, but then you got the shitty ending. So there were some mechanical mm-hmm. problems there. But I could summon a swarm of rats out of midair and make them eat people. And that was awesome. That never got old. I just kept doing it because it was like, yes, I'm going to feed you to rats. And I loved the world. I loved the world that was created. I loved the art style. Just just being in that game was yeah. amazing. And I loved it. The The masquerade level of that game is one of the best experiences in gaming period the end. That's yep. that is the crowning yes, achievement yes. Absolutely. Where, yeah, yeah. The, of that game. When you when your target is that like countess Yeah. Person, that's unbelievable. How did you get her? Oh god, I don't even remember anymore. No. Well, well, it, it changes yeah. every time, doesn't it? It, cha- so, it like, changes every time. So So you might I, have gotten her yeah, differently. Yeah, I I got her. It was awesome because you can you can reveal yourself to her as Corvo and convince her that you're going like to just like like you're you skip town like you get the hell out and i like i won't kill you and she followed me to her basement where there was like a connection yeah yeah so uh, it connected her like there there was like she could get on a boat and go through the waterways through her basement but when i went down there there was still a pocket of corruption rats in the basement. <laughs> and when I got her down there, she was like, all right, peace. I agree. I'm out. And then the rats ate her yeah! and I didn't get the negative point. So I still got the good ending. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Yeah. I'll wipe my hands clean. Take her away. Sewer Sarandon. Everything works out. <laughs> so I was, yes. like, give me, give me something like that. Give me even just one moment like that in this new game. Mm. Great, worth the price of admission. I just, I want to, I want to see, I want to be in that world and roll around in it and, and feed people to rats and just, it's just so, it's just so lush, you know. Yeah. With that, yeah. with that undercurrent of decay. And it'll be nice to be. Yeah. It'll it'll be nice this time to have a character, uh, like Emily, who is a character rather right. than Corvo, who's just like like. <laughs> What's your deal, man? I'm I'm Gordon Freeman with magic powers in this funky goth mask. He is okay. So what I refer to him as, and I told you this, Anthony, is he yeah. it, he is a Ritz cracker. Yes, a Ritz cracker. Yeah. See, Ritz crackers <laughs> are there to convey. They are little edible plates. They are there mm-hmm. to convey things to your face without you looking like an animal. You want the cheese, you want the little bit of ham, you want that little tiny bit of olive or a dollop of peanut butter. You can't, you know, you, you feel like a beast if you're just like, rah, peanut butter. So you get a Ritz cracker, 
right. to bring it to your face. <laughs> you want all the powers and, the, you know, the cool stuff that Corvo has, and he's just bringing it to you. He's just there. He's just there yeah. to get it to your face. I want all the powers that Ham bestows upon yes! me. Yes! <laughs> Susan, does Dishonored 2 have Sewer Sarandon this time? No, Sewer Sarandon, thankfully, is not in the game. Sewer Sarandon? <laughs> Sewer Sarandon's my favorite part of Dishonored. Dishonored's so great, it's all like, you're in steampunk town, but there's combine enemies from Half-Life 2, and there's whales. You've got to worry about magic whales and magic rats, and Susan Sarandon lives in your toilet. Like, that's... <laughs> that is how you make a fictional world for a video game right there. A plus. Oh, man. Sam, what is your, uh, what is your heart's delight? For the rest there, of 2016. There are so many. This is actually the most exciting lineup that I've seen in a long time because mm. there's stuff for basically every platform. You've got uh, Dishonored 2, which I am also pretty pumped about. Although I really liked uh, Dishonored the most when I restricted myself to just the teleportation and mm. did my darndest not to get spotted or kill anybody. Totally. Um, so I hope that Dishonored 2 will uh, follow through on that aspect and let you kind of set your own challenges. Um, I think the one that I'll probably play the most or that will hold my attention the longest is probably going to be Pokemon Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. Just because that looks like kind of what I wanted Pokemon X and Y to be. Uh, like X and Y was the first 3D Pokemon and it was, oh my god, here's all these really cool... Uh, you know, magic animals, and I'm seeing them in 3D, and I can see their world in 3D for the first time. This is really cool. But it basically felt like that was the only thing that it offered was, hey, it's the same game, but in 3D. (laughs) (laughs) And now Pokemon Sun and Moon is like, they don't have gyms. They have this cool thing called, like, the Battle Tree, where you can, like, recruit people. You've got a whole new generation of monsters with actually seem like unique and different you have these things called ultra beasts which who knows what they're about you can dress up pikachu wait what whoa whoa dances. whoa what? oh yeah what <laughs> what you didn't know that <laughs> susan's on board <laughs> yeah you can you can dress up pikachu in in pokemon sun and moon and give him all kinds of cute little outfits can you, wait can can you give him hats I'm pretty sure yeah. that, uh, yeah. I'm you know how I am about putting hats on things, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You you wanted to write an article entirely about how you wanted to put a hat on your Titan in Titanfall 2. I did, I did write that article, as a, matter, as a matter of fact. Please let me bedazzle the hell out of my Titan. But yes, no, yeah. I, one of the reasons why I love Final Fantasy XIII 2 so much is you can put hats on chocobos. Yep. Yep. <laughs> No, you will be able to put hats on on Pikachu. I'm in. And... I'm in. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Sam, what what version are you getting? Are you are you going Sun? Are you going Moon? Are I'm you... going. I'm going Sun. Uh, the girlfriend is going Moon. So it, what, nice. it worked out pretty pretty well that that was just what she wanted to get, and I wanted to get Sun. So no What's fighting or drama here between the two. Because like X and Y was basically like, eh, there's like five Pokemon. Right. Don't worry, and you can download them, same I guess. Thing. Yeah, don't same worry thing. about it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, so, yeah, it's largely the same. I mean, they always are, but sun takes place uh, during the daytime, moon takes place during night, so po- certain Pokemon show up in different locations. Oh, it's more 
contingent and certain story elements happen at different events and times of day. Okay. So you kind of actually progress through it differently. Um, some Pokemon have different evolutions in them. And, of course, there's the legendaries that you can only get from one or the other without trading. So I'm going to I'm gonna tell you guys, I'm going to confess something here. I'm going to confess why I'm a terrible person. You've never played Pokemon? All right, no, I've played plenty of Pokemon. Okay. But I, I went ahead, and when Amazon put up the pre-orders for its exclusive Steelbook edition with both Sun and Moon in it, <gasps> you know, the, the kind of crap that's going to sell out in two seconds, and all the pre-orders disappeared in, like, hot moment yeah oh i got i got a pre-order for that i have no intention of playing that game <laughs> and i'm just gonna you have a problem you're that guy you have a i'm gonna keep it sealed and then i'm gonna sell it in february so that i can buy the limited edition of persona 5 son of a i'm <laughs> a monster you, wow you're a jerk man yeah yeah i mean i, but, I, I don't the, i don't blame you but <laughs> right but I'm an asshole. You are. <laughs> I understand where you're yeah. coming from, even if I turn my I, nose I don't, up. I don't right. like there's, but I get it. There's so, there's somebody listening to this right now wearing an Oshawott hat who's like, I'm going to kill you, Anthony. I'm going to find you. I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, I can't blame you. It's like in Kill Bill yeah. when Uma Thurman's like, if you're still sore about this, yeah. when you gotta, when you grow up, you got to come for me. I get yeah. it. But like... Sorry, dogs. Wait a okay, I'm wait, wait, sell- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> how much was the the how much was the steelbook thingy? I'm just trying to understand why you have to get one to to get the other. Why wouldn't you just or- order Persona Five? So, so, so I basically this is all right. Here's the deal. So it's eighty dollars for this special edition two for package, mm-hmm. which is they're not going to reprint. Mm-hmm. And if I wait a few months. I'm going to be able to flip that for, like, $150. Okay, you're, that's true. And then, you know... I God, now I want to just say it out loud. I'm just like... I'm like, you are scum. You're... You are <laughs> scum of the gaming earth. Because uh, I'm just putting I, it out there. The P5 Special Edition was only 100 bucks, man. So... Right, I'm just... right. But then, I it's... like... See, now, now my Persona 5 Limited Edition... And my copy of Yakuza Zero are going to be covered. Right? Yeah. Covered. Yeah. No. Just covered. That's. <laughs> but what? Okay. So if if Persona Five was a hundred dollars mm-hmm. and this was eighty dollars, that's a twenty dollar difference. Mm-hmm. You flip it for a hundred and fifty yeah. or so more. So now you. Uh, oh he's man. basically it's doing, just, he's doing this to get yeah. uh, Yakuza's. To Yakuza for free. Yeah, basically. It's, it's basically yeah. I'm basically doing this to to make a game free. Yeah, because I'm a monster. Because he's a because <laughs> he's a, a he, yeah. He is he's raking some Pokemon fan over the coals. Mm-hmm. So that he can and get I, Yakuza I, I, for free. And I fully admit, I, I did this earlier this year. I did it with that Fire Emblem Special Edition that came with with both of them on a single card. Oh yeah, yeah, box. yeah. But, I, and, but I, how much? But how much is Yakuza? How much is Yakuza gonna cost? It's gonna be like sixty bucks. bucks. Yeah. So you're only saving ten dollars. If you had just yeah, bought them but, separately, yeah, if but, you just bought, <laughs> 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 Sam, here I'm gonna make this even worse. Oh, I might just leave it sealed and then wait like a few years instead. I might just like leave it on the now shelf. Now you're really then... that guy. Right, and then I'll wait until like. Whatever, like when it's like, 
Pokemon Landmass and Pokemon Ocean are announced for the Switch. Not enough and water when, in that ocean game, though. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when 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 all the Pokemon people get super pumped again when the next one gets announced, then I'll sell it. Like a you can, monster. <laughs> like, if you go to... If you try to find a used copy, even a used copy without, like, a box or anything... It's like 40 ...of, bucks. like, silver or any of the old ones, yeah, they're 40 bucks and up, mm-hmm. so... That's right. Okay. Yep. So, at least you're not the guy buying up all the Rosalinas just because you hate Rosalina. No, no, that guy is that, that guy's a, a real freak. Thing. Yeah, I think that was just a collector being a goofball, right? <laughs> I bought a Rosalina and a Ness Amiibo just to put them in my mouth. Yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> you did. You did do that. <laughs> that felt real good. How's the how's Opening... the mouth feel on those? <laughs> the, mouth, the, mouth, the mouth feel on the Ness is perfect. It's like a nice matte finish on okay. his hat. Okay. Like, really goes down smooth. Everybody, if you want to see somebody putting a Ness Amiibo into a beer and then shotgunning it, that is on the internet. Okay, we you. okay, we need to explain this for people. So Anthony, <laughs> Anthony is himself a collector of video game, both games yes. and and memorabilia and paraphernalia, and he has a friend who is also a hardcore collector. But he, yes. he the friend, is one of those mint in box guys. Yeah, and, like, doesn't even display these things. He buys them, oh. puts them in a closet, oh. and then just leaves them there. Oh, that's terrible. Right? And, like, so now who's the monster? No, no still <laughs> so, you. Still you. It's still, so yeah, still me. So this is, this is back when Amiibo were, were much hotter and, and various ones were impossible to get. So not only did he take Ness, which was very difficult to get, out of the box, mm-hmm. dunked yeah, it in a I beer... Yeah, and then and pounded it, and, and then stuck it in his mouth. All and then, st- was your friend there, or did you just send him pictures of this? We just we 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 filmed it, and then immediately sent it. Oh to my him. god! Yeah, yeah, see, like Ness was <laughs> buying Ness was the thing that broke me on Amiibo because that's when I waited in line at a GameStop for two hours because it broke their servers. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You are a monster. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so. uh... But to, to close out our, our rest of 2016, I was actually going to say uh, Gravity Rush 2, mm. but but Gravity Rush 2 has been delayed oh. to 2017. It's now coming out in January, okay. so I, I can't have that as my answer. I will say, like, January is going to be goddamn bananas. We yes, were just talking about this. Uh, like, in a single week, we've got Gravity Rush 2, we've got Yakuza 0, like... It, it, Resident Evil 7? Resident Evil 7. Dragon Quest 8. All, Dragon Quest Eight, all in the same week, and like, like we're Kingdom going... Hearts as well. I, oh, that's right, Kingdom Hearts. One day, 2.8. all of the Japanese games come out on I, one day. I, uh, and then freaking Valentine's Day. Oh man, that's awesome that I've got that sweet Pokemon Sun and Moon to fund <laughs> all the games that week. Nice monster. Monster. So okay, all, this, so... all the save ten bucks. That's right. So, okay, all, all, all of the awesomeness of January 2017 aside, yeah. I, I, this is not a guarantee for 2016, but this game was supposed to come out this summer, uh, and I'm really hoping that it we get the surprise release. It looks like we might. Cosmic Star Heroine. Oh, I right. am so excited about Cosmic Star Heroine. This is Z-Boyd Games's. Uh, 2D traditional hand-drawn RPG 
for PlayStation 4 and Vita that has been in the works for, you know, that three years uh, at this point. You know, they... At more than three years, because the, the Kickstarter campaign for that was, like, summer of 2013, and I, I could not be more excited about this game. Uh, I just like Z-Boyd stuff, because... Uh, Susan, have you played either of uh, their, their previous games, Breath of Death 7 or Call of Cthulhu? I have not. I have heard very good things you, about Call of Cthulhu, though. You would love them. You would love them. They, they have... They're... they're traditional JRPGs in the sort of like 90s 80s style mm -hmm. but they're lightning fast mm. like battles like battles are like 5 seconds long and you just blaze through these things yeah. and they're they're mostly satirical like they're they're you call of cthulhu especially yeah. is or cthulhu, no cthulhu, cthulhu saves, saves the, the world cthulhu saves the world right cthulhu saves the world oh. call of cthulhu <laughs> was the old xbox 1 game sorry everybody uh but yeah, yeah, Cthulhu saves the world. Like it's it's mostly just making fun of anime and Lovecraft. Well, now yeah, I really gotta it. play Cthul it because oh my god, anything making fun of Lovecraft, I am. Yeah, Cthulhu comes board. out of the ocean to take over the world, but once he steps out of the water, all of his powers are gone. And in yeah. order to get them back, he has to save the world and then destroy it. Okay, that's funny. it's great. It's so 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 good. Uh, and, but Cosmic Star Heroine is, like, their... It is their attempt at making a sort of full-scale Chrono Trigger or Fantasy Star. Uh, it's it's a little bit more serious. It's a little bit more... Uh, it's a lot more ambitious in its scale. And it, I, I, I really hope it comes out this year. Uh, it was supposed to come out this past summer, and I'm just... I'm pumped that it's happening, finally. I thought, uh, I thought for sure, Anthony, that your answer was going to be steep. <laughs> you know? Yeah! Yeah, you know, steep. steep. Wait, is steep, steep coming out this year? Yep, they, December. No. December second. They they haven't changed that. Oh. I can't imagine Ubisoft actually releases that this year. Has anybody even played it since E3? Yes. I, oh, really? Not me. Uh, another member of our staff, uh, Lucas Sullivan. Yesterday, as a matter of fact. I was gonna say just oh, yesterday. Just yesterday. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. I mean, is DJ Atomica in it? <laughs> If there's no so DJ Atomica, no deal. If yeah, I'm, I'm out. Oh wait, it is. No that DJ is totally Atomica. the wrong publisher. That's EA. That's SSX, yeah. bro. I, no, no, no. DJ Atomica is a pan extreme <laughs> snowboarding video game connoisseur. DJ Atomica is like he, he, he's like Clint Eastwood in the old westerns. Like he shows up where he's needed. <laughs> he I thought that space and time. <laughs> and does battle with his mortal enemy Steve Aoki. <laughs> Yeah, only one of them can c control the cake of destiny. Oh my god! And it will be DJ Atomic. It will. God damn it! I will fight in his army. I yeah, that's a real wait and see game right there. It's, no, it uh, no. Look, even if it's good, nobody's gonna care. Nobody's yeah. Nobody's nobody's gonna, gonna care. Nobody's. Like that's, and and I have no reason to think it isn't good. Yeah. Uh, I well, I have a reason to think it's not good. Is that I? I have not cared for a Ubisoft open world in a while. Okay, well, there's that. Uh, yeah, and I, like I enjoy playing the Far Cry games well enough, but I would never say that I'm passionate about them. 
Uh, and, like, every time Ubisoft's like, we're announcing a new IP returning to... Oh. It's like, oh, really? Interesting. And then they're like, with an open world, and I'm like, I will see you next year, yeah. Ubisoft. <laughs> Where you, you, tell... you climb towers so you can... Stop it. Stop it. I'm out. Yeah. Stop. Well, like, when they announced this new Ghost Recon, Ghost Recon Wildlands, i.e. Ghost Recon, we made it every other game we make. Like, guys... Yeah, it's it, it's it's Ghost Recon colon Far Cry. Yeah, it really is. I, I, yeah, which doesn't I mean, which is not to say that it won't be fun. No, not at all. But not at all. I, I mean, like in the same way that Corvo is a Ritz cracker. Yeah. Like you, Ubisoft makes the cliff bar of video games. Like it doesn't matter if it's the macaroni <laughs> yeah. butter. It's the same goddamn sludge in a wrapper every single time, and it'll sustain you, know? you for a long time. It will. It will. F- it is calorically dense. Yes. <laughs> but but it is not. It is not nourishing. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. We can we so, can boil video games down. Da- anything, any situation in video games, we can make a food analogy. Food analogy. It's our gift. right there. The Last Guardian is going to be a nice steak tartare. Connoisseurs will love it, but everybody else is like, "Why are you fucking eating that? Uh, <laughs> That's not cooked, man. <laughs> it's not cooked." <laughs> Uh, so that's that's the rest of 2016 that is ahead of us. Uh, we also wanted to just take a moment. 2016 had you know, Sam's like this is a banner like season. There's a lot of great that's coming out. The entire year has been very solid. Uh, 2016 has had a, a like it, there have been f- probably fewer huge peaks, but just a lot of consistent highs. And and right from the very beginning in January, and there were so many good games that I think it's it's worth looking back and saying, here are the games that not enough people played because they just got buried in the rush. So, uh, Susan, kick us off. What is, what is your 2016 game that didn't get the attention it deserved and you want to draw people's attention back to it here as the year comes to a close? Because I think I know what you're going to say, and I don't want to double up, I'm going mm. to choose Oxenfree. Oxen Free yes. is the one of those games with a terrible name, and it's got a really bad name, and it's 2D pixel art. So a lot of people were just like, "No, thank you. I'm all full of mm-hmm. indie of indie realness." But it's really good. It's incredibly well written. It's genuinely mm. spooky. It's not at all f- cut from that indie 2D cloth that so many games are cut from at the moment. It's really something special and it's storytelling is really remarkable. And uh, a lot of people just never took the time to check it out. And I really hope they do because they will be delighted by it. Yeah, like, yeah. If, you're, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, like, I think yes. that's a good way to sort of read. Because mm. that's basically, it's like a 2D side-scrolling-ish thing with, like, lots of weird goings on. It's got the and teen, it, teen drama and comedy, but it's also really dark. It's Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's super dark. Super dark, spooky. There are secrets to find. I, it's, it's, it's really yeah. good. It's way smarter and more sophisticated than you think it's going to be looking at it. And I, I will say that Oxenfree does something that every you know, narrative adventure game maker has been trying to do. It's been, it's does what David Cage has been trying to do for a decade better than he has ever even come close to doing, which is the dialogue system. Yeah. 
you know, at, at any, at any, like much of the play that you have in Oxenfree is conversation mm-hmm. and ch- choosing what response you say to what character at what time, and at, you can interrupt characters mid sentence in the way that like a natural normal conversation would go, mm-hmm. and it reacts dynamically to that, and it, now, it feels it is it's awesome saying yeah. that. If you've played the Telltale games, you think you know what we're talking about. If you've played Mass Effect, you think you know what we're talking about. But you don't. It's, you don't. It feels so much more authentic. Mm-hmm. I, I and, strongly and, and, urge you to, to give it a shot. It's on both Xbox One and PS4. Uh, also on Steam, if you'd rather. Yeah. I yeah. think there might actually still be the a Humble Bundle going when you listen to this. Um, like, nine bucks gets you that and a bunch of other games. Awesome. So... Uh, is somebody now uh, continuing the podcast on a motorcycle? Yeah, no, I want to give a is shout that... out to the Odin Sphere Leaf Blower that is currently outside my window, of course. Yeah, Odin, Odin Sphere Leaf, Leaf Blower! Oh my god. They, they normally do this on Monday, but I guess they're doing it on Friday now and right outside my window. It's great. They're keeping it real. It's awesome. Well, they... it, really, it really helped build a dramatic crescendo to your <laughs> the oxen of the humble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway, there's oxen free burr, and it's really good. You can get it on Humble Sam, what's uh, what's your what's your choice? Looking back on the year. Okay, so as a fast joke, Uncharted Four, because everybody was looking forward to that, and then it came out, and nobody said a word after it was out. That's so good. Uh, it's so good. That game is so good goddamn game, good. But my my real answer is um, stories, the path of destinies. Yeah, that's a good game. Um, yeah. Kind of in a similar vein, like you guys were talking about. You know, it has a horrible name. That is, it's, it's bad, it's, dude. That's yeah, it's terrible. It is video game the subtitle. <laughs> yeah, um, that's rough. And uh, it's it also like relies very heavily on the whole like you make choices that matter thing. Mm-hmm. And everybody has heard that a million times, and kind of like how you were saying, you know, if you played Mass Effect, you've played Telltale, you think you know how the Oxen-Free conversation system works. You've played Mass Effect, you've played Infamous, you've played all these things where, oh, you make important choices. This game does it in a much more satisfying and robust way. Mm, yes. You, it handles things like chapters in a book, and the fact of restarting the game and making decisions is woven in not just as a gameplay mechanic but it is part of the story itself so like as a minor this is a very minor spoiler because doing a playthrough of it takes like an hour and a half to two uh but then you get to the end and i won't say what happens but something happens and uh, your character gets transported back to the beginning of the game, and he remembers what happened. So he's like, "I need to make different choices, and you know, I need to see the the way that this unfolds, so that you can get the the ending that you want." So it's kind of like a choose your own adventure that takes into account all of your previous decisions in a very satisfying way, because you are basically getting multiple endings and you get an ending just as you start to kind of get tired of the game and then you're like all right now i get to go to the next chapter sort of thing and the gameplay itself is also like it's a top-down diablo ish but it's a very satisfying combat it's quick and very nimble is it pc only 
No, that is on PS4. That's on PS4? You know what, man? I Like, that just sounds delightful. It's good. And you, you and Dave have both mentioned it to me before, and because it's named Video Game the Subtitle, yeah. I always forget. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I, I, even now, it's Stories the Path of Destiny? Yes. God, that's Stories terrible. The Why also, did somebody oh, say bad. something to them? Do you think it was like 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 the worst haircut of all time? <laughs> and every single time they demoed it or like brought it to other developers at GDC, everybody was like, "Yeah, man, looks great." <laughs> Did you see? This is. Did you see that is, shit? Stories called... of the Path of Destinies is actually its second oh, title. God. Oh uh, my god! What? Because when I saw it at PAX as a preview, it was called something different that was is equally generic, and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> But star, a hair pretty adventure, sh- and I'm pretty sure that I've I heard somebody make the the video game the subtitle joke. I I don't think that's a joke unique to me. I'm pretty sure I stole that from someone. Stories, the path of destiny. Manos, the Just, hands of fate. It it is yeah, very Manos, hands, the hands the of hand. fate. Oof. Yeah, but like at least like Manos is a a proper noun. Like there is something to latch onto there. Stories the Path of Destiny sounds like it's like the video game one of the kids would be playing on an episode of Home Improvement. Oh, <laughs> wow. You're not yeah. wrong, As they make man. wild gesticulations with their hands, like, yeah, the controller. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they're playing a Kinect game while holding a stick. It's it, just <laughs> oh, it was. It was originally called uh, Stories the Hidden Path. Oh, oh my God. Oi. Guys. Come on, just oh, that's man. really good, and you should play it. It's no, really I believe good. you. I be, I be like, yeah, you've, you've described it before, and it sounds really interesting. But that name is—they needed to focus test that man. Oof, yeah, Christ. Yeah. Uh, so mine actually, Susan, you—I I think you thought I was going to say Severed. I did, and I'm saving Severed for our end of the year uh, podcast okay. because I like I, you know things might change. There are a lot of things coming out. Final Fantasy XV looms large. And as I look back on Doom and Uncharted 4, there's just so many things coming out this year, like that came out this year that I think are excellent and are are wildly worthy of people's time. That said, I, I think Severed goes in the category of perfect game for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I Severed goes next to Pac-Man Championship Edition and... Tetris 89 and Super Mario Brothers 3 where I'm like holy shit pick raw where (laughs) it's like every element of this thing is exactly where it needs to be and like Drinkbox Studios I I have monumental respect for them I I remember right when I got my Vita I I got my Vita in 2012 for work and was kind of having that moment of like boy do I wish I didn't spend money on this thing that was before the Vita got amazing Mm. And, you know, when I played Attack of the Mutant Blobs for the first time, I was like, wow, the the meme saturation in this is annoying, but this game is great. And I felt the same way about Guacamelee, and I love both of those games, but Severed was a moment where I was like, Drinkbox Studios is one of those studios that just needs to be watched, because they're, like, Severed is special. Yeah. That said... The game that I do want to remind people that it exists is Enter the Gungeon. Yes. <laughs> because Enter the Gungeon is goddamn awesome. <laughs> um, 
And this is this is a game that like it, it, I think a lot of people were playing it when it first came out. We actually had them uh, dodge roll games on our stream the day it finally released, and they were so excited because they were so nervous. This is the studio's first game, and they were like. You know, Devolver got in touch with us this morning. We've already made back all the money they loaned us. We're not going to be homeless. <laughs> and I was like, great, guys. Awesome. Congrats. But, like, you know, there were a lot of people playing it for a few weeks after it came out. But it just really disappeared from uh, the sort of consciousness of the gaming landscape of 2016. And I can get why. Because, you know, like, Susan, you said, like, it doesn't have that 2D uh, indie game thing that all indie games have. And, like, you know, Enter the Gungeon, if you just see a screenshot of it, you're like, that looks like every goddamn thing on Steam mm -hmm. I've ever seen. And But when you see it in motion, it's filled with personality and soul, and it's just, like, really fun. I, I it's, it's been a long time... I've been, you know, I, I'm constantly yelling at you guys about all the Sega Genesis games I've been playing lately, but... Playing Sega Genesis games again reminded me that there was a time where if you played a game and it was really difficult, it didn't matter that you couldn't finish it. You just liked playing the quick little parts of it that you could. Like an arcade game. Like an arcade game wasn't built to really be completed unless you had five dollars and quarters in some like rare moment. You were there to get three, six minutes out of this really cool experience and then if you could plumb further into it you would find more. But that initial experience is satisfying enough. And Enter the Gungeon has that. There's just, like, it just feels right. And it's funny. Like, it's just, it's dumb, and it's funny. Like, the entire premise, yeah. shoots the word bullet. Yeah. <laughs> There's a gun that shoots the word bullet at enemies who are little waddling bullets with tiny little stubby legs. With tiny little and, guns that shoot whole... bullets at <laughs> And the whole game is predicated on the idea, like, at the center of the gungeon is the bullet that can kill the past. And, like, <laughs> my lizard brain can't not laugh at that. So, yeah, like, that, and it's on PlayStation 4, it's on PC, it's it's on everything, and it doesn't cost much, and that's, it's awesome. It's great. Remind yourselves that this game exists. Dave, your so, game. So, we talk a lot about Doom and Titanfall and all these shooters that have, that have been coming out and sort of changing the way that we think about shooters, right? And, and like, that's great. But I feel like a lot of people are forgetting super hot in that conversation. Oh, you love that game. And yeah. I love that game. And uh, it, it, it kind of breaks my heart that that game isn't part of a larger discussion about, like, what a shooter can be. Because it's a game that it is a shooter in the sense that it is a first-person game, you have guns, you are shooting people... But the by stripping it down to its core essence, so like guns only have a handful of bullets, you have to take guns from other people, time only moves when you move, um, so like you move forward and that's when the enemies move, but if you stand still, everything slows down to this like almost, like, like almost as if time is standing still. Like it moves forward a little bit, so you have to stay on your toes, but it's, it's very slow. So it turns- Does a leaf blower- increase in pitch yes as you move while you play yes that it's 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 really weird how that happens i think that i might be the only one that has experienced that though i can't <laughs> confirm or deny uh, but 
the way that that game like takes the shooter element and turns it into a puzzle game and in, like this this very three-dimensional environmental puzzle game where you have to make deliberate movements and it's like it's like the matrix game that we always wanted but never got because it, it takes all of those amazing things that you would do in in the matrix by slowing down time basically like punching a dude in the face taking his gun from him as it flies in the air and then shooting him and then shooting another guy then throwing your gun at another person while dodging the bullets that he shoots at you taking his gun and gunning him down and like all of the bad guys just explode in these red crystalline shards and then when you finish a level it plays everything back for you in in like full speed so you just watch yourself in this ballet of of bullets and carnage and death and it's awesome and it's like it's one of those games that it's like it's only two hours long but it gets so much out of its core concept without a moment wasted and then there's the overarching story which is this very video dromey sort of hey there's this illegal video game on the hacknets the that hack you can download on the deep web on the deep web <laughs> you shouldn't be playing it there's lots of weird stuff going on but i'm going to play it and Oh, I can't access the third level because there's a password block, but suddenly I know the password. That's weird. Uh, the game keeps kicking me out and telling me I need to stop playing or I'm going to get consumed by it. That's weird. The words that I type into the chat program are just saying, mind is software. That's weird. Uh, like, it's it's very, it's self-referential and it, it's, it does the kind of the Bioshocky. Um, would you kindly stuff, but it's it's never like. Whereas Bioshock is a very serious game, this game is a very self-aware kind of game, and so like it it, it wants to be this very uh, fourth wall breaking thing, but it wants you to be in on the joke too. So um, it's just it's a really cool, really really fun, interesting game. What is that? And what is that on? Is that on? It's on Xbox One and PC. Is it not on PS4 at all? Not yet. Uh, Not yet, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, and the thing, like, and it, I was a little worried that it wouldn't work on Xbox One, and there's some stuff that, like, because they can do a little bit more with the, how the program works on PC, they do a few more tricks with the, sort of, the fourth wall breaking, because you're essentially logging into a virtual computer to play super hot, and you can scroll through different, uh, folders on this computer and, and look at little weird programs that show up and log into chat rooms and stuff. Um, but the Xbox One version is mechanically just as good as the PC version, and then there are like challenge rooms, and it's it's super cool. I can't I can't recommend it enough, especially if you like shooters like Doom or Titanfall, which are doing these really interesting things with what a shooter can be. Man, yeah, that's, that uh, I I finally need to sit down and play Super it's, Hot. I've had it installed on my PC forever. It'll take you two hours, like two yeah. maybe two or three hours, just. Play through it in one setting. It's awesome. Anthony, did you ever did you ever play her story? Did you ever get around to it? Oh, yeah. No, I didn't finish it because I was playing it on my my crap you know iPad two from 2010, Ugh. and it kept crashing. Okay. So I began her story like a bunch of times, and I've played enough of it that I've gotten like I've gotten through like I, I think like six or seven of the like the little vignettes. Oh, okay. That you search for. But, like, that's it. Like, I didn't even come close to finishing it or seeing... Because, like, finishing it is seeing everything, right? Well, like it, you... no. You do not actually have to unlock every single video clip to finish the game. You will... Oh. Y- you can get the story uh, seeing... Meh, 
half of them. Sure. All right. Yeah, I did not. I mean, like, I, I got, I got like an hour out of it last year, enough to be like that kicked ass. And if it would actually run on my iPad right. a little bit longer, that would be great. Everybody I've talked to since was like, stop playing it on a tablet or your phone and play it on PC because it's supposed to Cause it, like cause exactly you'll get, you'll get a better feeling. That's what yeah. that's what made me think of it was Dave saying that it's it's the faux computer login that sort of right. adds that layer. So it'll work you, on an iPad, but it's really meant to be played on the computer. Yeah, I need to go back and finish that because I enjoyed it so much last year, and it's just got got buried in the tide of playing mm-hmm. things like. Like Tales, Path of Fates. <laughs> <laughs> Tales, Path of Oxen. Oh boy, brother, boy, Stoyarth. boy, boy, chosen paths. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, uh, I think that brings us to the end of this week's show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, all of the games that we've talked about at the end of this are out there and the games that we talked about in the middle of this will be out soon and the game we talked about at the very beginning has robots that will make the funnies at you uh you can follow all of us on twitter at uh, twitter.com slash games radar and you could go to gamesradar.com where are there there are the delightful things this week susan susan loves this story i love this story but everyone should read this story because they will love it after they've read it we have a feature on voodoo vince and Go go read this. It's it's on our homepage right now. It's about it's about the creation of this this wonderful old platformer for the original Xbox that is coming back on Xbox One, and it's the kind of thing that I am very proud that we published. It is a genuinely delightful read. So highly highly yeah. recommend that one. Highly recommended, and uh, our our latest addition to uh, the the family here at at Games Radar, which is I'm gonna pronounce her name wrong, but it's Zoe. De, De La Hunty Light? Am I, am I saying that's that my best guess. Susan? Yeah. Right, Della Hunty yeah. Light. Uh, Zoe has only been with us for a couple of weeks, but she is publishing kick-ass stories, one of which is a guide to actually baking the food that you find in Skyrim. Uh, really, really fun. Uh, so go check that out. And uh, you know what? Leave us a review on iTunes. Like, if you want to just give us some stars, we like that. But if you write something and you want to be like, tell us all about the leaf blower, we'll read that out loud on this show for you, for your entertainment. Uh, yeah, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Leaf blower left, too. <laughs>